0: Hey, I'm Isaac Shade alongside Andy Patton, and we are the co-hosts of the Locked on College Basketball podcast here with a bonus episode for you, breaking down the NCAA tournament and here to help you fill out your bracket from the local perspective to conference breakdowns to the national picture. We have you covered with insight and analysis you can't get anywhere else. We'll be with you every day throughout the NCAA tournament, so make sure you download and subscribe to get all the latest insight and analysis.
1: Well, Duke secured a five seed. Houston and Texas are on early upset alert, and Charleston fans should break out the glass slippers as one of the most likely Cinderella teams. The madness is here, and our bracket breakdown starts right now. Well, the NCAA tournament selection is over, and now it's time to help you out with a winning bracket. From the local perspective to conference breakdowns to the national picture, we have you covered with insight and analysis you can't get anywhere else. I'm Andy Patton, and he's Isaac Shade, your hosts of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. We'll be with you every day throughout the NCAA tournament, so make sure you download and subscribe to get all the latest insights and analysis. Locked On College Basketball, part of of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Isaac, we are going to start today off by breaking down the left side of the bracket, starting with the South region and starting with the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, the Crimson Tide of Alabama. They are taking on the winner of the play-in game between Texas, Corpus Christi, and Southern Missouri. What do we think about this game? What do we think about Alabama getting the number one overall seed here?
0: I think it's the right call, Andy. Based on how things broke down during championship week, we were looking at Alabama, Houston, and Kansas all in that Mm -hmm. mix. We believe that they are the top tier, the top three teams, with all due respect to Purdue and UCLA Mm -hmm. and Texas. But Kansas lost the Big 12 championship, Mm -hmm. and Houston lost the AAC championship, and is a little bit banged up. So it just makes sense for me for this to be Alabama. I wouldn't have thought that just a couple – uh like a week or so ago because ever since that brandon miller news came out we know that they had a four game stretch down the close of the regular season that was not the same alabama team we had seen the rest of the sec season where they were beating opponents by over 20 points a game but then those final four games overtime against south carolina they won 78 76 beat arkansas 86 to 83 and then had to come from way back to beat auburn in overtime as well, 90 to 85 before losing to Texas A&M in the final of the regular season, 67 to 61. But then Andy, this SEC tournament, they just blitzed yeah. through it. Beat Mississippi State by 23, Missouri by 11, and then on Sunday in the SEC championship, beat that hot Texas A&M team 82 to 63 by 19 points. And quite frankly, it wasn't that close. I'm all in on Alabama as the number one overall seed.
1: Well, assuming they advance into the second round, which it's very unusual when number one seeds do not do so. One in 147 play, all time. Yeah, that's all, right? <laughs> uh, assuming they advance, they will play the winner of the 8-9 seed on that region, which is Maryland. The Terrapins taking on Bob Huggins and the West Virginia Mountaineers, another big 12 team sneaking in. We talked about how many teams from that conference have made the tournament. West Virginia was kind of one of the teams. Right in that conversation, will they, won't they, here they are as a nine seed taking on a strong Maryland team that sort of faded a little bit down the stretch, lost three of their last four, including to Iowa State and Penn State, two teams that made some pretty surprising uh, runs towards the end of the regular season. But uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup? And is there any opportunity for whichever team wins this game to potentially pull a massive upset and beat the Crimson Tide in the second round?
0: I trust personally West Virginia more in this game mm-hmm. than Maryland. Uh, Bob Huggins and his team just causes chaos and friction, and it's difficult yeah. to play against. I don't see Maryland staying with that. But then I, I just think Alabama is too good. And so, no, I mm-hmm. don't see either of these teams. I, I know every now and again we'll get an 8-9 upsetting a one as we yeah. did last year with North Carolina yeah. over Baylor, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just do not see that happening much respect to one of the greatest coaches of all time in college basketball huggy bear is Mm -hmm. that ain't happening
1: quite honestly i think that every other region has a more likely eight nine upset over a one seed than this one and that's not even disrespectful to maryland or west virginia it's more just. Alabama is that good, and I don't think that they're falling to a team that early in the tournament. Uh, If they were to advance past that, they'd make it to the Sweet 16. They'd potentially play uh, any of these next four teams, starting with our five seed, uh, the Aztecs of San Diego State, the winners of the Mountain West. They're taking on one of the biggest darlings. I guarantee you many people out there are already looking at which 12-5 upsets are they going to pick in their bracket. I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm going to have one, it's going to be Charleston over San Diego State. I feel like there's a very good chance for a potential upset here. What are your thoughts?
0: I, I think that's very wise. I mean, history tells us that we typically have at least two 12 over five upsets mm-hmm. each year. In the past 14 tournaments, Andy, we've had at least two 12 or at least one 12 over five upset upset in 12 of them. So wow. yes, you should absolutely be picking at least one. I think Charleston over San Diego State is a great choice for that let's move on to Virginia and mm-hmm. Furman what's going on there
1: yeah Furman was was a fun team this year and I think it's an exciting opportunity for them to get a 13 seed but this is a tough draw uh, Virginia for so many people who are maybe tuning into college basketball for the first time we think about Virginia as being this elite defensive team And and don't get me wrong they are absolutely an elite defensive team. They have been that all season long. Uh, but they're also a very, very good offensive team. And I think they don't get enough credit for that. Tony Bennett has put together a really solid team. Uh, I think this is a, a team that has as good a chance as anybody of potentially pulling an upset here. Uh, and, and I think that there's they're going to beat Furman. I, I feel fairly confident about that, 4-13s. Don't happen as often as the 5-12 upsets, although they do happen, and it's not out of the question that that could happen here. But for me, I think we're going to see Virginia – Quite honestly, potentially playing Charleston. And either way, I think they advance to play Alabama uh, in that next round. And I think that they're a team that could make that really, really interesting for the Crimson Tide.
0: Okay, great. Virginia is favored by five and a half in this game. And that one we just talked about, San Diego State favored by four and a half. I think Charleston not only covers, but is an outright winner. I think Virginia is going to cover that five and a half Mm -hmm. point spread. Andy, it looks like we should probably head to the bottom of the bracket there where Arizona is the two seed against Princeton here in this first round. And then Missouri and Utah State as the seven and the 10, both those games in Sacramento. What are you looking at there?
1: I think it's going to be a West Coast battle in the second round there. I think Arizona is going to be able to take care of Princeton. I thought Princeton, quite honestly, usually the Ivy League winner ends up as a 13 or a 14 seed. I thought that it was Princeton was a very good regular season team. They played Yale in the championship. Both teams were were clearly the best two teams in the Ivy League. I kind of thought that Princeton was going to end up getting a 14 seed. Instead, they get a 15 seed against a very, very hot Arizona team that just defeated UCLA to win the Pac-12 championship. Kind of a tough draw for Princeton. Not sure that it would have mattered all that much. But I think Arizona is going to advance there, certainly, uh, the way that Umar Balo and – Uh, Azulis Tubalas have been playing down low the way that Kirk Risa has been a little inconsistent, but uh, we saw him play play a good game, at least on the defensive end against UCLA, and and Courtney Ramey hit that huge shot to defeat the Bruins. Uh, And then Missouri and Utah State. I was glad to see that Utah State didn't get put on the bubble. Uh, They didn't get one of those play-in games. I thought they deserved that. They're 18th in the net rankings. Eighteenth. This is a top twenty team per net, a very, very highly regarded team in the Ken Palm rankings as well. They have a lot of, a lot of good wins, not very many bad losses. The Mountain West. We've kind of talked about it before, Isaac. They don't often play all that well in the NCAA tournament. I think it kind of hurts their <laughs> reputation a little bit. Uh, a win by Utah State over Missouri, which not a guarantee by any stretch of the imagination mizzou's a very good squad but i think there's a decent chance for utah state to potentially pull an upset and make the mountain west look a little bit better although i can't say i love their odds against arizona in the second round
0: well i'll tell you this though andy the official sportsbook Petner. Partner of the Locked On Network is our friends at FanDuel, and they have Utah State as a two-and-a-half-point favorite Ooh, look at in that this game. So showing some love to the mid-major over the major conference team. Andy, I'm riding with it. Give me Utah State. Let's give mm-hmm. the Mountain West some love before we move to the Denver pod where we have the six-seeded Creighton Blue Jays against 11-seed NC State mm-hmm. and the third-seeded Baylor Bears against UC Santa Barbara. And Andy, Baylor. We've talked a lot about them, how great their offense is. Ah, Pretty not good defense. I'd love to hear what the host of Locked on Baylor, Drake Toll, has to say about the Bears.
2: Baylor men's basketball has earned itself a three seed in March Madness facing UC Santa Barbara in round one. I'm Drake Toll from Locked On Baylor. We'll cover it all week because this is the best spot Baylor could be in in March. You don't have to play Marquette. You don't have to play Iowa State. No Kansas. No TCU. You avoid every Big 12 team not named West Virginia who you've already beaten. Now your round two matchup is likely against Creighton. That may be the toughest team on this side of things, but Alabama to me is the weakest one seed. Arizona doesn't play that big inside. The Bears are going to avoid teams like Purdue that could dominate the paint. I love where Baylor sits on this side. That round one matchup against UCSB, give me the Bears all day. Shot quality protects Baylor to win by 10 points. I think they'll win by more. I'm not always the optimist, but I'm telling you, I'm the realist right now saying that this is a great path for Baylor. Catch all the latest this week. On lob,
1: I think Baylor has a really good chance in this game, and and, and I think Drake's right about this team potentially advancing fairly far. We've talked about their issues this season, namely low post defense. It's just not there. And and low post offense isn't really there either. Flo Thamba has struggled for this team throughout the year, but I think they're going to make an advancement past UC Santa Barbara, and they're going to play the winner of the six versus 11, the final game here in the South region between the Creighton Blue Jays and NC State. Uh, NC State kind of one of the last teams that didn't end up having to play in a play-in game. They get a chance to play the Blue Jays. Uh, This Creighton team is a really really solid program and I think they're they're a six seed that I kept seeing thinking man they're they're a team that could potentially advance past a three seed Uh, before they do that they got to get past the Wolfpack Isaac what are your thoughts on this game
0: well the Wolfpack have a great backcourt in Hill Joyner and Terquavion Smith I would love it if they could upset Creighton and go to play Baylor because I want to see those backcourts go up against each other would be great to see there Andy I think let's turn our attention now to the east bracket, the other part of the left side of this thing where Purdue gets the one seed. They're the team that we thought would be on the outside looking in. You and I both had Texas on the one line as that Mm -hmm. final fourth seed. Why did the committee go this way?
1: They won the Big Ten championship, and I think that's part of the reason they went that way. It's interesting we talked about this recently of – Kansas losing to Texas seemed to hurt Kansas, but it didn't really seem to help Texas. They didn't get much of a bump uh, from what I thought was a really, really nice victory for the Longhorns. I think they got a two seed uh, in a a pretty tough 7-10 matchup coming their way. We'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, I'm not surprised that Purdue got this. They were the number one ranked team in the country for a long time throughout the year. They get the winner of the play game between Texas Southern and Fairleigh Dickinson. Texas Southern always seems to be in the big dance. They were not the favorites coming out of the SWAC, but they still managed to make it. The NCAA tournament brackets have been revealed, and it's no surprise that Texas Southern
3: and Howard are both 16 seeds. I'm Darian Gray of Lockdown HBCU, and when most people think about March Madness, they think about 64 teams, one through 16, four regions, all of that. But it's really the field of 68. I'm not going to overload you with math or anything like that. But that field of 68 is where Texas Southern falls because they have to essentially play in to be a part of the traditional March Madness. And they're going to be going against Fairleigh Dickinson for the right to face off against number one seed at Purdue. Now, Howard, they're in. No need to play in. They're there. They're part of the 64-team bracket, and they'll be playing against Kansas. We'll be breaking down both these games and then also the playing game for Texas Southern as we continue with Locked on HBCU, your team every day.
1: Uh, but is going to advance here, and they're going to play what I think is a really, really fun 8-9 matchup. It's kind of a bummer to see these two teams playing each other. Yeah. Uh, Memphis and Florida Atlantic, two really, really talented teams. Uh, Memphis is favored right now uh, by two and a half points. Uh, I think that's probably about right. I think I'm leaning Memphis in this one. They have tremendous athletes. We talk about veteran guard play being such a huge part of succeeding in March, and Kendrick Davis is one of the best in the entire country. I think Memphis is going to advance here, and I think that they have a very real chance if they use their athletes and put some pressure on Purdue of making some noise there. But for now, give me Memphis and Purdue uh, in the second round in the East here.
0: Yeah, this could be the best run for Penny Hardaway in mm-hmm. the postseason. Unfortunately for FAU, they are coming against up against this Memphis squad. I do think that Memphis not only uh, wins, but covers that two and a half point yeah. spread, which moves us on down the bracket to where we get another mid-major that I really wanted to see in a good spot. And it's this 5-12 matchup. Duke, fresh off the ACC championship as the five seed, takes on Oral Roberts and Max Asemus as the 12 seed in his last go round. The other game going on in Orlando is the four seed Tennessee, who we don't trust, playing 13 Louisiana. Uh, Andy, we've got our guy, JJ Jackson, the host of Locked On Blue Devils, letting us know what's up with
2: Duke. Duke men's basketball is going dancing as the number five seed in the East region of the 2023 NCAA tournament and will take on Oral Roberts in Orlando, Florida on Thursday. I'm JJ Jackson, the host of Lockdown Blue Devils. The Blue Devils won their 22nd ACC tournament over the weekend and earned an automatic bid to the big dance. The Blue Devils will now take on Oral Roberts, the summit league champions who sport a very impressive regular season record As the Blue Devils are now the five-seed in the East region, if they defeat the Golden Eagles, they would play either four-seed Tennessee or 13-seed Louisiana. If Duke can get through competition in Orlando, the Blue Devils would be set up for a rematch in Madison Square Garden with Purdue in the Sweet 16. You might recall the Boilermakers absolutely dominated Duke back in November. Duke is riding into March Madness on a nine-game winning streak, one of the hottest teams in the entire country, and looking to go on a deep tourney run in John Shire's first season as head coach. We're talking all things Duke men's basketball in the March Madness on Locked On Blue Devils throughout the week, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube.
1: Great point by J.J. about a potential rematch against Purdue. they got to get past Oral Roberts. That's going to be a tough one. Tennessee and Louisiana, that's an interesting one. I think a Duke matchup versus Tennessee would be something that – I think a lot of people are going to tune into that one. But uh, moving on beyond that, again, this East region here is just chock full of blue bloods of some of the most dominant programs in college basketball history. Because next, you get a five seed Duke, you get a six seed Kentucky Wildcats. John Calipari's team barely looked like an NCAA tournament squad back in January. Here they are as a six seed taking on a Providence team that, quite frankly, is going the exact opposite direction. They have really struggled down the stretch under Ed Cooley. Uh, It feels like one team's moving the right way, one team's not moving the correct way. Uh, What are your thoughts on this game, Isaac, between these two teams?
0: yeah i mean kentucky getting case and wallace back they're gonna win this game and go on to face case state i love the story of case state but i i think it's just too much mm-hmm. athleticism i know it's cool getting keontae johnson back against nice. an sec opponent but nice. I-, I really see kentucky um coming out of that and eventually as we get all the way through it uh they are my pick to play marquette in the uh sweet 16 to go to the elite eight there but Uh, We got some other games we would have to pay attention to first, like Michigan State and Mm -hmm. USC, where we know that Michigan State, from our friends at FanDuel, is a one and a half point favorite over the Trojans. Can Tom Izzo's club take care of that,
1: Andy? I think so. The Pac-12 is pretty weak this year. USC, they deserve to be in the field. They deserve to be here, but... They're kind of missing that low post presence that they had in the past with the Mobley brothers. Of course, with Evan Mobley, they went on that Elite Eight run. Isaiah Mobley was fantastic for them as well. But they don't really have that anymore, and I think Michigan State's tougher. Uh, They're more rugged, and I think that they're going to advance here, and they're going to play the winner of Marquette and Vermont. Uh, The way that Shaka Smart's team is playing right now, this Marquette team is on fire offensively. They have their issues on the defensive end of the floor. I don't think it's going to hurt them against Vermont, and quite frankly, I don't think it's going to hurt them against either Michigan State or USC either
0: well Andy great stuff on the left side of the bracket really excited to see how this plays out we're going to move to the right side of the bracket talk about Houston the number two overall seed Kansas the number three overall seed and why we think they should be little flip-flop we're going to get there in just a second but before we do this episode is brought to you by Built Bar the Built Bar March Madness bracket is here we know you have a favorite bar or puff and now's your time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know, I'm going to be voting for that churro bar because it's awesome. And if you want your favorite team to win, then you'll be voting for that bar too. support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 count them 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try built the best protein bar ever. Seriously, so amazing you won't think they're good for you. But here's why they are. For starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So run to BiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. Bilt Bar, a proud sponsor of the Locked On
2: From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Okay, Andy, here we go to the right side of the bracket. We're going to start in the Midwest where we have a team. In the Houston Cougars, that might be without their best player, Marcus Sasser, who suffered a groin injury in the semifinals of the AAC tournament on Saturday. Right now, according to FanDuel, Houston has the best odds to win the national championship at plus 100. Is that a possibility if Marcus Sasser is not healthy?
1: i think so i think they can still win it all but it's going to be a much more difficult path they got it they're going to get by northern kentucky i believe uh but they got auburn in the second round and i think that's going to be a really tough matchup and i know that the host of locked on cougs parker
4: ainsworth agrees with that all right houston is number one in the midwest region the houston cougars do secure a number one seat in the midwest region of the ncaa tournament they will play northern kentucky in birmingham alabama to open up things on thursday that's okay for Houston but the big question mark is how will they play against potentially Auburn and Birmingham on Saturday in that second round how will that potential sweet 16 matchup with that Kent State team that gave Houston so many problems earlier this season go in a neutral site in Kentucky in a Kansas and they potentially have an elite 8 matchup with in-state rivals Texas or Texas A&M down the road lots of fun in this region the bracket but man it is not the kind of cakewalk you'd expect for a Houston Cougar team that was so respected all year long. We're breaking it down each and every day here at Locked on Cougs. Make sure you subscribe. And remember, Locked on Cougs is and Locked On podcast network. Your team, or in our case, number one team in the country every day. Go Cougs. Andy, when we first
0: saw this Midwest bracket, we said, listen, everything's bigger in Texas. That's the nickname (laughs) of this bracket. But the problem for Houston, again, the team with the best odds right now at FanDuel to win the whole blessed thing has to, if they get by North Kentucky, listen, Virginia will tell you it's not a done deal, but if they do that, they might have to face off against Auburn in Birmingham. That, as Parker just talked about, that does not seem like a great draw for the team that is the favorite to win it. Why on earth did the selection committee do this to them?
1: Yeah, it's a tough draw for Houston, no doubt. Auburn, of course, has to get by Iowa. That's not necessarily That's going not to be, a gimme. That's right. That's far from a gimme. It's an eight-nine game. Those games usually come right down to the wire, but you gotta like Auburn's chances with a home crowd behind them. Yeah. Wendell Green has been fantastic this year. We know that the outside shooting is a bit I have a question with him, but when he's on, he makes it really, really hard on opposing teams. Katie Johnson has done some good stuff for this team as well. I think that guard play, that experience, is going to help Auburn move past Iowa, and I think they're going to give Houston a really, really big run for their money, especially if Marcus Sasser is not on the floor for the Cougs. Yeah, well, continuing on down the top half of the Midwest bracket, in Albany, New York, we've
0: got the Miami Hurricanes against Drake, the 512 game and then Indiana against Kent state, the four and 13 Andy both believe in this Miami hurricanes, hurricane squad, but yet another injury. We've been talking Mm -hmm. about these injuries running rampant throughout the college basketball landscape, Mm -hmm. nor Chad O'Meara, their offensive rebounding juggernaut Mm -hmm. suffered a lower body injury against Duke in the early minutes of the ACC semifinals. If he's back, I could see Miami making a run, maybe even beating Houston and going to the elite eight. If he's not healthy, it's that same conversation as Marcus Sasser. Mm -hmm. If Miami is able to get by Drake and if Indiana is able to get by Kent state, which I know you're not convinced is going to happen. Mm -hmm. How do you see that Indiana Miami matchup potentially playing out?
1: It's an interesting one. Guard play is so critical in March. Experienced guard play is crucial. Miami has that. Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong are two fantastic fantastic guards two of the best in the country and i think that assuming health for them and of course they're missing like you said omir is, is a tough loss for them if he's healthy this team's got it all together i think there's a very good chance they advanced by drake potentially fairly easily uh, and then i think they got a chance against indiana or kent state but i've been saying it since kent state they played a, a tough non-conference schedule and they looked good in those games and since december i've been thinking hey if this team is a 12 or a 13 seed I think they got the opportunity to pull an upset. Sincere Carry is one of the best mid-major guards oh, in the entire country. Indiana has been very up and very down at times this year. Nobody's going to have a – it's not easy to guard Trace Jackson Davis. Jalen Shafina has been playing fantastic as of late, uh, so it's hard for me to discount the Hoosiers. But uh, I think there's a real chance that Miami in that second round ends up playing a different team than Indiana. Uh, with <laughs> the, the potential to advance to face Houston there as well.
0: Well, when we move to the bottom half of the bracket, we do get – that Texas Longhorns team that just knocked off Kansas for the big 12 championship. And we thought that'd be enough to catapult them onto the one line. It wasn't. And because of that, now we get a potential former big 12 matchup Mm -hmm. potential soon to be SEC matchup between Texas and Texas A&M. I love it when stuff happens. I know the selection committee says they don't look ahead, (laughs) but boy, how could you not look ahead at this and think of how fun it would be. Interesting in this Texas A&M Penn State matchup, two teams that raced all the way to the championship game of the SEC and the Big Ten, where Penn State fell a three-pointer shy. They had a shot at the buzzer, and it just fell shy to knock off Purdue in that game. As you look at this very bottom part of the bottom half of the Midwest bracket, what stands out to you about those four teams? Oh, and by the way, Tech is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Penn State at FanDuel.
1: Yeah, I think Texas. This is a bit of an unfortunate draw for the Longhorns. I, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're the best team out of this group by a fairly considerable margin. But and again, I with no disrespect to Michigan State or USC, like I would rather that be my seven ten than Texas A and M and Penn State yeah. at this point in the season. I think you have to feel that way because A and M they've been kind of quietly. Really, really good in the SEC all year long. When we talk about the SEC, we talk about Kentucky. We talk about Tennessee. We talk about Arkansas. We talk about Auburn. We don't talk that much about Texas A&M, but yet they finished second in the regular season. They made it to the championship game in the SEC. This is a good and dangerous team. And then Penn State, of course, the ridiculous run that they've been on. Fantastic coaching job by Micah Shrewsbury. I think both these teams are dangerous, and I think both of them could reasonably upset Texas especially because Texas is such an inconsistent outside shooting team. But give me the Longhorns. I think I'm leaning Penn State, actually, in that in that game right there. And I think a Texas-Penn State game is going to be a lot closer than people think it's going to be. Yep. But I still think the Longhorns are going to come out of that.
0: Well, and then we've got one more pod in the Midwest bracket. We have the six-seeded Iowa State Cyclones against the winner of Mississippi State and Pitt, two of the last four teams in. And then 3-14, we've got Xavier and Kennesaw State, the Owls. We've got two Owls in our bracket this year. Andy, Iowa State struggled down the stretch. We were worried about them. They did get a couple wins, but Xavier has been doing okay without Zach Fremantle. But can they keep? that going? I don't know, but we're going to have to wait and see because keep in mind, Iowa State kicked off Caleb Grill a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. An interesting little quad right there.
1: Agreed. I, I think I think Xavier is going to advance in the first round. I think Iowa State's going to advance past either Mississippi State or Pitt, quite honestly. But I think this is going to go pretty chalk. I think Xavier still manages to get past Iowa State without Caleb Grill. Uh, Soleil Bohm has just been a fantastic guard for them this season. Colby Jones has been great. And, yeah, no, no Fremantle hurts, but they still have Jack Nungy. He's been really great as well. Sean Miller has been absolutely rolling. I think Xavier's going to, even without Fremantle, I think they're going to make themselves a, a decent run potentially this year.
0: Absolutely, they will do that. That wraps up the Midwest. Andy? We turn our attention now to the West bracket, where we thought that Kansas should be the number two overall seed, which meant they would have been the ones in that Midwest bracket we just saw instead of being shipped out to the West in Las Vegas. Ah, this seems like a bummer for the Jayhawks. I'd love to hear what we have to say from the host of Locked on Jayhawks.
5: Kansas gets a one seed, but the third overall one seed. I'm Derek Johnson with Locked On Jayhawks. Bit of a surprise that KU didn't get the Midwest, especially after Houston ended up losing big to Memphis in the AAC title. Uh, Certainly them winning, it would have been a little less of a surprise. But uh, the, the, the brutal part of this for KU is who's in the bracket. Seems to be the bracket of death. You have two really good four-five seeds in UConn, St. Mary's. Even the eight-nine matchup is scary. Arkansas is a really talented team. Uh, the nine seed with Illinois, I guess, beat Kansas by like a point in a secret scrimmage at the beginning of the year. And then the bottom side of the bracket. Yes, you would only have to play one of the teams, but you're pretty much guaranteed one of them will be very good. It could be a TCU. It could be a Gonzaga. It could be a UCLA. Very difficult region for KU. The 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 one I guess positive way to look at this is. Well, maybe they'll play with the chip on their shoulder because they're mad they didn't get the Midwest instead going to Houston, but very difficult bracket. We'll be breaking it down, their upcoming matchups and plenty more this upcoming week with Locked on Jayhawks.
1: Well, Derek did a fantastic job of laying out who is on this side. You got Kansas and Howard, Arkansas, Illinois is that 8-9, St. Mary's versus VCU. Very, very fun mid-major matchup there. And then UConn and Iona. I think Kansas is going to have a tough time with Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to advance past Illinois here. Again, Nick Smith's been fantastic when he's been healthy. It's a little bit harder to game plan for the Razorbacks because he hasn't been playing yeah. for much of the year. So that's kind of where I'm at with that game. I think we end up seeing Kansas versus Arkansas. And then I, I want to talk about this St. Mary's VCU game because <laughs> I, 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 I struggle with this because sometimes I love when we see high-profile mid-major players teams play each other early because I think it's fun. The Murray State-San Francisco game last year is a good example, but I also kind of wish we could see these teams play Power 5 programs. I want to see what VCU would do against a 5 seated. Duke, for example. Uh, and we don't get to see that. St. Mary's VCU is going to be a really fun matchup. I think both those teams are dangerous, and I think both of them have a very real chance of potentially upsetting UConn, assuming UConn is able to get by the fighting Iona Rick Pitinos. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on these eight teams and kind of who, who might advance here?
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting because I, I love... We we talked about this earlier, how this is the bracket that seems to me to make sense where all four of the top four seeds advance on to the Sweet 16. And so I've got Kansas getting past Arkansas. I've got UConn getting past either St. Mary's or VCU. We know that Mm -hmm. UConn is a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at FanDuel over Iona, as we expect to see Coach Patino on his way out to coach elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I I really – it just feels like a moment for Aiden Mahaney to take over for St. Mary's and I would love for VCU to win it, but I I just, I don't see that, but I love what UConn's doing. They're coming back. I think ultimately Adama Sinogo and Donovan Klingon inside is going to be too much for Kansas who doesn't have somebody like Yudoka Azabuki, who they had a couple years ago. Mm. And so that to me gives UConn an advantage on the top half of this. Anything else on that?
1: No, I think we can take, start taking a look at the bottom half of this bracket where you've got some some West Coast, traditional West Coast powerhouses in Boise State. I'm sorry, UCLA and Gonzaga uh, down there. Uh, UCLA, of course, the 2C taking on UNC Asheville. Uh, Gonzaga, the 3C taking on the Lopes of Grand Canyon as a prize winner out of the WAC. Uh, then you got TCU playing the winner of Arizona State and Nevada. Northwestern, the 7C, taking on the aforementioned Broncos of Boise State. And I think this is going to be a really fun kind of – I think Gonzaga and, and UCLA have a really good chance of coming out here. Uh, but I think there's a lot of fun potential matchups here. Is there any matchup in particular out of these first-round games that, that really speaks to you, Isaac?
0: I love this Northwestern and Boise State one. It's yet again – our friends at FanDuel favoring a Mountain West team over a high major team. The line is Mm -hmm. set at one and a half for Boise State. Northwestern, kudos, second ever time making the NCAA tournament. Congrats, that's big time. I I would love to see the Mountain West rise up, so I'm really curious to see Boise State coming out And getting it. But like you said, I think ultimately it works its way down to some chalk UCLA and Gonzaga. And then because it's in the West, because we're in Las Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena, I think whichever of those two teams, which for me is going to be Gonzaga, comes out, beats UConn in the Elite Eight.
1: Well, we got more bracket breakdown coming your way as we get closer and closer to the actual start of the NCAA tournament. We've crossed the threshold. Selection Sunday has happened. Brackets are in hand. We're going to talk much more about that. But first... Today's episode of the Lockdown College Basketball Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. The NCAA tournament is here, brackets are in hand, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three strain. Maybe if you don't want to wait, until we get to Thursday, maybe you got some money on Mississippi State and Pitt. Maybe you got something in that Arizona State-Nevada first-round game that you love and you want to throw some money on. Plus, FanDuel will even let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We're closing out the show, bringing on Locked On Conference hosts to take a look at how the Elite Eight and Final Four might shake out as we are recording just a few hours after Selection Sunday. It's gut reaction time, joined, of course, by Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12, Spencer McLaughlin at Locked On Pac-12, and Nate Dickinson at Locked On Big 10. Each of us going to give our Elite Eight projections as well as who we think might win it all. We're going to start with my co-host of the Locked On College Basketball podcast, Isaac Shade. Isaac, Hit me with who you have in the Elite Eight and how you think this might shake out.
0: Oh, Andy, great stuff. Excited to get into the Elite Eight, and we've got some betting lines from our friends at FanDuel, the official sports betting sponsor of the Locked On Network. I'm gonna start on the left side of the bracket, right up at the top with the number one overall seed, the Alabama Crimson Tide. When we look at these numbers for the South, Alabama plus 200, Arizona plus 440. Give me Alabama coming out of the top. Give me Mm -hmm. Baylor coming up from the south part of this, despite their defense that's outside the top 100 Mm -hmm. at Ken Palm. That's just right. Sorry about you, Arizona. Spencer, you're giving me a terrible face, but you know it's (laughs) true. Arizona will not be moving on out of that. Let's stay on the left side of the bracket. We'll move to the east. These games going down in Madison Square Garden, the most famous arena in the the world we've got Purdue plus 300 Marquette plus 420 hello and then coming out of this this is that bracket where I think we're gonna have the top seeds getting knocked off I do not think that Purdue makes it all the way down here why no team has ever won the national championship shooting under 33% from three Purdue falls into that. So give me Duke coming out of the five seed as the elite eight participant from the top of this bracket and Marquette playing so well with lead guard, Tyler Kolek. I believe that they will meet Duke in the elite eight there to finish off the left side of the bracket. Fellas, give me your pushbacks. Give me your picks on the left side of this bracket.
3: I would love to push back on the Arizona hate, but I don't know that I can really believe in any Pac-12 team going into this tournament. Although I will say I really like USC in their first-round matchup I've always been someone of the belief that March Madness is heavily about guard play, and Boogie Ellis is playing at a high level right Mm -hmm. now. And Tom Izzo is a fantastic coach, but I I do like USC in that first round, but I don't think that they can get past Marquette in the next one. I I just don't know if they quite have the the depth of talent and scoring to do that. But Arizona is intriguing at some level, but UCLA was kind of my... My, my biggest hope for the Pac-12 ending this national championship drought that goes all the way back to 1997. Uh, I believe it has, it has been a moment. It was the Wildcats, but then UCLA suffers the injury to Jalen Clark. Reminds me of of Chris Boucher for the Oregon team back in 2016-17. Now that team did get to the final four, but they came up short because they couldn't get some rebounds late and it's left Oregon fans like myself wondering what might have been if he'd been healthy for, for that particular game. So I, I think think UCLA is in a similar spot. I think they're still a very good team, even though Arizona captured the conference tournament crowd. I like where UCLA is at with their, I mean, they've got elite guards, all, all the Tiger, led by Tiger Campbell. Of course, they are really good. Hawk has the Pac-12 player of the year. I think UCLA can get to the Elite Eight. I don't know if they can get all the way to the Final Four. And Arizona, I don't think I can pick them past the Sweet 16.
1: Well, Nate, or Spencer, you mentioned the, uh, the Pac-12 drought, and Isaac, you mentioned it as well. But Big Ten's got themselves a pretty significant drought as well. I think it's been since 2000 or 2000. Right. 2003. 2003. Yeah. It's been, 2000. It's been a, yeah it's oh, was been it 2000? Time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. it a long time since the Big Ten team won it all. 2003
0: was my man Carmelo. That's
6: right. That's, that's right. right. That's
1: right. <laughs> Nate, I want to throw to you and, and kind of get your thoughts on on A, Purdue, and also just how, how you think the Elite Eight here might shake out.
6: Uh, I can't disagree with not mm-hmm. taking Purdue. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I – I personally, if we get around to it, I I have them in my elite eight at the moment, but I don't think I'm going to have them in my final four. I Mm -hmm. mean, you're looking at a section in that bracket where they've got uh, Michigan State in there. They've got Kentucky. They've got Duke. They've got potentially Memphis in the second round. That's a pretty tough matchup for them, too. It's a really tough road for them to try to get to. Purdue's shown plenty of vulnerabilities as recently as today, being Mm -hmm. up like 15 in the second half and barely being able to win that Big Ten title against Penn State. There's a lot of holes there. I'm not at all upset with anyone who doesn't think Purdue makes a very deep run in this tournament. Outside of them, as far as just the Big Ten drought, there's some teams that you can see making upsets. Michigan State's one of them. Penn State's another one. as a 10 seed. And they're hitting their threes. They can win a lot of games. But those are kind of teams that you can expect to be Cinderella's. I don't know if you can expect them to make deep, deep tournament runs. So if you're looking for a Big Ten team to break that streak, I've got a couple I've got hope on, but I don't know if I'd put my money on them.
1: Purdue's really struggled with, with pressure. We've seen that from the last few weeks when they get pressure. And, and for me looking at this, I, I see Memphis as a second round team that could potentially end Purdue season significantly earlier than expected, if they can use their athletes and, and put some significant pressure on there. So the big 10 might not have any reps going super far, but, uh, neighbors, do you think there's a chance? To, I mean, I don't think the bracket shakes out where we can get all eight big 12 teams <laughs> in the elite eight, but certainly this conference has a pretty good shot at, uh, at having some teams, uh, dancing for a long time what are your thoughts on, on how that conference might do here getting into the elite eight
7: yeah it's it's funny uh kind of the perspective on a couple teams has changed in the last week i think texas obviously stock up and then yeah. kansas stock down but you know i i know they're saying bill self's gonna come back mm-hmm. i i'm not saying i don't doubt that just it, right. i don't know it's hard to see a guy have an emergency heart yeah. procedure this is somebody who's had two heart procedures saying this like mm-hmm. like you don't usually talk to doctors they don't like take it they're like, hey, get back out there! Like we're going to do the stressful part of your job is about to happen. Go ahead. Just
3: put ahead. put some put some dirt on the sock and just you know rub it right there. Get to exactly. it go.
7: It's, yeah, that's that's not really how it works. But so uh, w- I'm wondering if if he can be like full bill self like w- the one that we see on the side of the you know court is same mm-hmm. guy. Texas, um, they even make Roddy Terry the, the head man. Thought TCU should be higher than a six. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't fully on board with that. I thought Iowa State being at a six; those two Baylor games kind of saved them. Yeah, so I think I think I definitely have some interest in that. Um, I'd say Texas and Kansas, though. I, I think those are the two that you look at and think, okay, who's got the ability? Um, I was TCU was the first Big Twelve team that I thought that's a, that can be a Final Four team, mm-hmm. especially when they killed Kansas. Yeah, the way they ran in transition, the way they could actually you know st- uh, make open twos and threes Mm -hmm. like that but the Eddie lampkin thing has just been so odd
1: yeah
7: and so i'm not really sure where the team chemistry is at. i like the way they played in in, in kansas city but i'm I'm not really sure where we're at with that so i would say ku and texas are are the big two Mm -hmm. um i guess i'm leaning texas but like that's that that's come back to bite a lot of people in the past so (laughs) if i had to say yeah i put my money on one big 12 team i feel like it's them right now although i guess recency would say it's probably kansas
0: Andy, what Neighbors was just talking about there takes us back over to the right side of the bracket. So let's come back around and hit those numbers. We've already hit the ones on the left. We've got in the West bracket, Kansas at plus 320, UCLA at plus 350 from our friends at FanDuel and the Midwest, Houston at plus 120 and Texas at plus 450. While we're here, let me give you my elite eight picks for this side of the bracket, and then we can move on from there in the West. Again, Kansas done no favors by being forced to be the three. What the overall. hell is that,
5: folks? Yeah, <laughs> what,
7: what are we doing? Seriously. Houston gets gets housed by, by an eight seed, and, yeah. we're, and we're putting them out in the Midwest? Come on now.
0: Dude, It's it's not right. This is my biggest quibble with what the selection committee yep. did at the top. Kansas should be the two overall in the Midwest, playing <laughs> an hour and a half from Lawrence, done yep. no favors. But I think because of that, I see ultimately UConn getting by the Jayhawks into Mm -hmm. the elite eight. And on the bottom side of the bracket, Gonzaga has been playing so well, absolutely destroyed St. Mary's in the WCC championship Mm -hmm. with, The Jalen Clark of it all, with not knowing what's going to happen with a Dumbona, I believe that Gonzaga gets by UCLA and is my pick for the Elite Eight. UConn versus Gonzaga there. And then in the Midwest, we've talked about uh, this game in Birmingham where Houston might have to play Auburn in Birmingham. But I just with the the Marcus Sasser unknown, I cannot ride with Houston all the way. I'm actually taking Miami with a hopefully healthy Norchad O'Meara coming out of the top half of the Midwest bracket and those longhorns that we just talked about i think they're too good they're going to get by a&m in the second round with the preview of an sec matchup and then give me texas over miami in that elite 8 game andy or any of you guys <laughs> what, what am i crazy on miami give me give me some blowback there if I'm, you're if you're picking miami to go through the question
3: that i have for you is what are your other picks on the 125 matchups and like who who's who's primed in your eyes for for an upset there?
7: You know you don't have to pick a twelve five, right? Like nobody is making anybody out there do it. As you're as not as you know you're not
3: re- you're not required you're to. You're highly it. encouraged because to.
7: Because it's happened in twelve of the
0: last fourteen tournaments we've played, neighbors. Which is
7: fair. Which is fair. I'm just but but there have been two times where it hasn't happened. That's so right. Nobody that's has right. To do
0: it. If I was picking a twelve over five, give me Charleston
3: over yep. San Diego. State. I was eyeballing that yep. one too. Yep. Mm-hmm. So though, though San Diego State, regular season and tournament champs, and probably future Pac-12 Mountain, member by the way. The so Mountain I out of to be West. pulling for the Aztecs here.
1: The yep. Mountain West always, always tanks in the NCAA tournament. They don't get as much attention as the like Pac-12. The they don't get as much attention as right. the Big Ten. But this is the conference that struggles in the big dance. I think Charles right. is going to pull that victory there as well.
0: All right, guys. I need to hold your feet to the fire. Let's get all of those Elite Eight picks. Let's see where everybody's at on this thing.
1: I'll start so you guys can take a little bit longer to to make your picks here. (laughs) Uh, So for me, uh, Isaac, I had... Mostly different, although we did both share the same thoughts in the Midwest region with Texas over Miami in the Elite Eight, or at least Texas and Miami. I guess I don't know who you picked to win that game, but for me, I'd have Texas and Miami playing each other. Uh, And then uh, staying in the West region, uh, I have Kansas advancing there. Uh, I I get the UConn argument, but I think that the Jayhawks are going to advance there, and I think they're going to play Gonzaga for the same reasons you kind of laid out of, of a UCLA team without Jalen Clark, potentially without a Dambona I think gives Gonzaga a potential advantage there. But uh, I think Kansas would beat Gonzaga there. And I think Kansas would advance. And I think there's a, a real possibility of, of Kansas and Texas meeting up uh, in a Final Four matchup, another Big 12 rematch for those two teams. And then going back over to the other side of the bracket, Arizona over Bama uh, is the matchup I have there. And I, I think there's a little bit of controversy there. I know that uh, – mm-hmm i don't know <laughs> yeah, right.
0: i'd
3: be i would be cautious i i think azula's tubelas is awesome yeah. kirk Carissa is a knockdown shooter but yeah.
0: not with that shoulder injury bro yeah, sure.
3: I, look, <laughs> I i i look at and you know you have to like the momentum winning the conference tournament right because yeah. you know march madness and the baseball playoffs are mm-hmm. often about who's hottest right now not who's been the best team all season but who's who's hottest right now Mm -hmm. conference tournament win over ucla in the championship round has Mm -hmm. to be give the wildcats that extra level of of, of confidence if they didn't have it already but Mm -hmm. there's just something about them i i feel like they're 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 certainly a good team i Mm -hmm. just don't know if they're a great team and i look at what they did last year and had a a great run ultimately got knocked off by houston i think last year's arizona team was more talented than this one and that team didn't uh, didn't, and and if that team wasn't able to break through i'm I'm not sure if this is the arizona team barring some breaks Mm -hmm. you know because if you look at you know if utah state beats missouri i think that's an easier matchup in the second round yeah i i think you could go either way and whether whether you'd rather face creighton or baylor i've got creighton going to the, the elite eight i've liked creighton for a while i think they're really really solid i think they're kind of the new villanova essentially since villanova is mm, tough times. Jay Wrightless. Yeah, yeah yes that is correct uh is a perfect <laughs> way of putting it isaac they're jay rightless but i think creighton plays that similar kind of style where they're not flashy they're just really really solid and, and so if that matchup does come in the sweet 16 which is what i think will happen i think creighton will beat arizona
1: well, for me, I'm I'm sticking with uh, I'm sticking with, with Arizona, even though I, I hear that argument and I think there's a very reasonable uh, reasonable pace to it. Uh, for me, my final four picks are going to be Arizona, Duke, Kansas, and Texas. I think Duke is going to come out of that East region, uh, and you know what? We're going to do national champions here to close out the show. And for me, I'm going to start it out. I know it's boring. I know it's not interesting. But I'm going with the repeat. I'm going with the Jayhawks. I think they, they're a, a really, really balanced team on both ends of the floor. Uh, and, and I think that they're going to repeat it. I'd uh, love to hear your guys'
7: thoughts on We on have the same topics. Final Four. We have the exact same Final Four. I actually went at the same Elite Eight. Uh, Give uh, it to us, yeah. neighbors. Let's hear it. Neighbors? Yeah, I've got – well, actually, so I'm not sure if we have, so I've got Bama, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Arizona beat Bama. I've got Marquette and Duke. Okay. Uh, yep. I've got Kansas and TCU. Okay. And then I've got Miami and Texas. So that's where I'm at. That's very similar.
1: Yeah. Who do you got winning it all?
7: Uh, I'm not that far yet. Uh, off the cuff, off the cuff. If you me clicking on all of them, I would probably go with Arizona. Yeah. All right.
1: Tommy Lloyd winning one. Yes. Spencer, thoughts. Well, first of all,
3: I would just like to say I think the only reason Josh is picking Arizona is so that he can try and lure them to the it's Big because Twelve because
7: are a future Big Twelve team. That's why. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's the that's only, the only
3: that's that's the only single solitary reason. So Arizona or Houston. Take that. Take with that. Take with that. What what, that would, what you will. But I, I I've got as an elite eight, I have that Marquette Duke matchup as well, and I do think Duke wins. I I yeah. think the you know going back to that momentum thing who's a hotter team in the country yeah. than duke right now and I, I i think they've got some favorable matchups in there and one of them the biggest upset i've got in my bracket at the moment i think louisiana beats tennessee i think tennessee peaked mm-hmm. kind of in, in january-ish yeah. or or so maybe middle end of january i don't remember the exact dates but i have not i have yeah losing kai ziegler i've not been super impressed with him down the stretch I, I do not think this is the Tennessee team that's going to be able to go, you know, the distance here. So I, I think Louisiana, 13 seed, is, uh, is is going to knock them off in in the first round. I like that upset. So I've got Duke and Marquette, uh, UConn and Gonzaga. I, I I wanted to go with Kansas. I I really did, but I just historically do not trust those situations where there's. The coach is in and out, he's coming and going, there's chatter about him. The the first example that, that I really remember of this was when Sean Miller was getting investigated while he was at Arizona. They lost to Buffalo in the first round as I wanna say a four seed. Yeah, that's all right. I, th- I think they were a three or a four and they lost to Buffalo in, in the first round. I just think y- you gotta have the right mindset. You gotta have the right chemistry going into the tournament and that can kind of throw things up in the air. So I've got UConn uh, against Gonzaga i might flip that to uh ucla but um i actually you're gonna like this andy i've got gonzaga in the final four which i'll i'll tell you why in a moment uh and then in the uh in the midwest i've got houston and texas and i like houston coming out of there i just i i'm really high in houston big big houston fan but the reason i've got gonzaga in the final four is all the years that they have come up short so to speak which by the way I mean, you know, Andy, I will defend Gonzaga with you until the end of time because people's hate on them is pretty ridiculous for the most part. Other future Big 12 team, it's cool. They are are flying so far under the radar. They don't have that attention. They don't have that pressure. They don't have Mm -hmm. that constant questioning of, you know, are you going to break through this year? Is this the team? It's just people wrote them off a while back. Now they're starting to hit their stride. They dismantled St. Mary's. I don't think they're in a very tough bracket. Mm -hmm. I I think the West is probably the weakest one out there of of the four. Uh, Sounds like we've got some agreement there, which, you know, it happens from time to time on a show like this. (laughs) Blind blind squirrels and acorns, you know? So (laughs) I I, I think Gonzaga can get out of there if they continue. The the biggest thing for them, they got to hit threes. If if Gonzaga hits threes, I like them a lot. I I really do. And I think Mark is
6: is an excellent coach.
0: (laughs) Nate Dickinson. Host of Locked On Big Ten. Let's get that Elite Eight and National Champion pick, brother.
6: Yeah, so over in the South, I've got Bama and Baylor. Uh, I've got Bama taken through. Bama's just a team going into the selection show. I was just kind of like I'm pretty much, as far as gut reactions go, going to have them in my Final Four and then look at the bracket and see how it could go another way. So maybe I changed my mind by Thursday, but they're just a team that looks really good right now. I've got them through in the East. I went Purdue, and then I also went over on the west side. I went with Marquette, pretty chalk. I said before, I'm really kind of willing myself to get Purdue even to that elite sure. eight, just as the Big Ten host, but I got him there right now. I do think Mar-tec- Marquette takes it. In the east, I've got Purdue and then Texas with it. Or I'm sorry, in the east or in the Midwest, I'm sorry. I got Texas, mm-hmm. and then I do have Indiana. We talked about Miami mm-hmm. with the matchups with Houston and stuff. Mm-hmm. how they could get in. I've got Indiana there in the same kind of way, just a physical yeah. team, plays good defense. And then I'm chalk over in the West too. Uh, I've got Kansas beating UCLA down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Champion, uh, again, I'm, I'd go Bama right now, but uh, I've got a lot of thinking to do. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's great stuff.
0: Andy, remind me, did we get your national champion pick? Uh, we did. It was Kansas. Going Kansas, that's hockey. right. Well, we've got all the others. Let me give you my final four national champion, and then we will get out of here. Coming out of the South, I've got Bama over Baylor, the number one overall seed in the Midwest. Texas beating Miami in the West. Gonzaga over Yukon, And then in the inside Madison Square Garden, Marquette knocking off Duke at Cameron Indoor North. Going to be a great thing there. And then give me Alabama. I've been all in on this team for the majority of the season except that little four game (laughs) stretch after all the Brandon Miller news came out, but they have circled the wagons. They boat raced their way through the SEC championship. I am ready to crown Alabama as the 2023 national champion. With much love to our boss, Zach Blackerby, the host of Locked <laughs> on Auburn. Folks, thank you so much for joining us on this episode as we break down the bracket, the bracket breakdown for Locked on for Spencer McLaughlin, the host of Locked On Pac-12, Nate Dickinson, the host of Big Ten, Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Big 12, and my co-host on Locked On College Basketball, Andy Patton, we want to thank you for joining us. Make sure to get all your best college basketball content at any of the college shows across the Locked On network. Great stuff from all our friends and co-workers. Make sure you tune in. To get that national look at it, join Andy and myself five days a week on Locked On College Basketball. All of these shows, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.